This is Work of the Beat. It is Thursday, January 14, 2021. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Give me what you can. Jam-packed show today as uh, Mike will join me in a few minutes as we talk to our guest. We continue on the Doug Peterson firing and the state of the Eagles with Jeff McLean, the uh, fine Beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. I'll tell you what, the Inquirer staff, him, Les Bowen, Paul Domowich, E.J. Smith, and, of course, our buddies Silski and Marcus have done a remarkable job on everything with the Eagles. And um, uh, Jeff asked the hard-hitting questions. Uh, if you listen to uh, the Jeff Flurry uh, press conference and just any press conference, really, uh, Jeff has been really get into the answers that you as a fan should want to know and, and, and get. And so we'll talk to Jeff about kind of where this franchise is, the status on Carson Wentz, and everything Eagles-related with Jeff McLean coming up. Then we'll get into our picks for Divisional Weekend in the National Football League. It's hard to believe. We only have basically three more weekends of football left um, this weekend, next weekend's championship games, and then obviously the Super Bowl in about four weeks. But... Uh, so some good matchups, Mike, and I'll break that down. And of course, we'll talk about the James Harden trade to Brooklyn and how the Eagles, or I'm sorry, the 76ers almost dodged one big time, uh, for James Harden, even though we all love James Harden, the price that the Brooklyn Nets paid was absolutely ridiculous in terms of first round picks and all that next week, Angelo Cataldi will be on this show on Tuesday. Uh, when we talk about everything with Angelo, just to kind of good check in and see how things are going with Ange and, and his thoughts as we look towards uh, really, you know, the the, the coaching search going on and with the Eagles, Flyers and Sixers again, their season started. And the Phillies are less than a month away from spring training, at least the schedule beginning of spring training are about a month away. Um, so we'll talk to Angelo about all that and, and, you know, well, good topics because Angelo is always good to talk to. So that's what we have on tap. But after when we return, it'll be Jeff McLean from the Philadelphia Inquirer talking all things Eagles and the mess that they have become. That's next on work of the beat right after these messages. Well, it's Thursday, and the Eagles coaching search has gone underway. Another name was thrown on the log this morning with uh, the name Kellen Moore being brought up. Bringing up, I think that I think that's number eleven or twelve that's been officially brought up as potential Eagle head coaching candidates. And joining us to break down that where the organization goes from here, how this all broke apart, is the fine beat writer and columnist. Uh, on the Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer and the pride of Penn State. It's Jeff McLean. Jeff, how are you? Hey, guys. What's up? Not much. Yo. Uh, all right. So uh, you wrote a story back in September that outlined, it was actually, I think, on the preview, that outlined the the disconnect that happened when Doug was forced last year to 
fire assistant coaches, obviously, you know, when you look at, at his offense coordinator and, and, and all that, and that was kind of a warning shot, wasn't it? That Doug wasn't happy that everything in this organization wasn't right. So you're not surprised by what's happened at the end of this year, are you? No, I'm not. Um, and you would think like last year, the off season heading in, into the year that 13 and three, win a Super Bowl, nine and seven, go to the playoffs, win a game, almost, you know, advance to the championship. If it weren't for Alshon Jeffrey drop pass and nine and seven, the following year, win the division. Okay. You're out in the first round, but that would be enough to give Doug some leeway here. <laughs> you know, you would think heading into the season, Doug's safe, completely safe. The season can go down the tubes and he's fine. But, you know, what my reporting starting last offseason, and really honestly before that, because even after the 2016 season, Doug was a little kind of on tenuous ground with Jeffrey Lurie. You know, Doug wasn't their first choice in 2016. He was kind of like, all right, we couldn't get Adam Gase. We couldn't get Ben McAdoo. We tried even Tom Coughlin. All right, let's just go with Doug. Doug did not do well in his, in his first interview. And they figured, okay, maybe one year with Doug. Let's see what happens here. And then maybe we can get our other guy. They were kind of actually even, I'm going back further now. They're, they were thinking that maybe if, if John Harbaugh, and there was a lot of speculation that he would have been fired after the 2016 season. If John Harbaugh was available, I wouldn't have been surprised if they pulled the cord on Doug and went with Harbaugh. That being said, there was a lot of other stuff uh, out there. We've now heard that, and I can confirm this, and I heard it at the time, I couldn't confirm it, I can confirm it now, that even in 2016 offseason, they were pulling the strings and that they wanted Frank Reich to go. And, you know, Doug stood up on the table for for him and they, they kept him. But that was just the beginning of what we would see over these next several years is just Jeffrey and Howie not trusting Doug enough to allow him to make – even the most basic of, of decisions, which is your coaching staff, right? And and I, and to look at it from their perspective, yeah, sometimes Doug didn't come up with – I mean, Doug didn't really have a, a Rolodex full of coaches. He hadn't been in the league very long. He'd only been in, with two teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs. So a lot of times Howie had to do a lot of the heavy lifting on getting these coaches. But And so I think Doug, Howie just wanted to help Doug. But at the same time – there was also a power thing and, and with Jeff and, and Howie, they want to be involved. You know, that's part of the reason why Doug was ultimately chosen because he wouldn't have stepped on their toes. He would have allowed them to be involved. I mean, that was part of what the reason why Chip Kelly was, was gone so quickly because Jeffrey to some extent wanted to stop being shut out. So to take, take us back to this past off season, micro Doug had told them right after the season that he was coming back. Went to the press conference, said he's coming back. Hey, Doug, that's not really what we decided upon. You know, they have the meeting, or that's not what we decided how you should have handled the press conference. You know, leave things open. He didn't. Hey, this is what we feel. You know, Doug was upset about it. He had told some colleagues, I'm out. That's it. I'm done. I think most people thought that he was just saying that in jest, you know, but he was very upset. A meeting happened at the time. I even reported the story in September. I wasn't sure if Doug had decided on his own or if he was pressured. He was pressured. And so, again, he had to kind of make another coaching search. And you're, when you have a head coach who's a play caller, you're in a very difficult situation in terms of finding a very good OC. And they couldn't really find someone that they 
that they won in that spot. So they bring in Rich Scangarella, who's from the Kyle Shanahan tree, to kind of help with this, that, or the other thing. They wanted him to bring kind of Shanahan's offense to some extent to the team, and they promoted Press Taylor to pass game coordinator. And and what I was hearing from sources in the in the team very early on was that this dynamic was going to be very hard for Doug to have to handle. So that's why I wrote this that's big all that kind of led to this story in September. And the Eagles, you know, they were involved. They knew what I was writing the story. I gave them everything I had. And I'm sorry I'm going on here. Long. No, 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 no. It's I'm all right. No, go. No, go. This is more interesting than anything I did. So yep. I told them everything, you know, and they were just very adamant. Like, this is insane. Doug is not. Doug is safe. Doug is safe. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, you may say that, you know, but how do you think Doug feels? How do you feel? Oh, no, Doug and I, we're, you know, Howie, Doug and I are fine, et cetera. I'm like, that. That's fine. That may be the case, but um, you know, I can, I from what I'm hearing, that's not exactly the case. And I can also read the tea leaves. I, I know what's going on with the dynamic in that in that coaching staff. I know, um, you know, what's going on with the dynamic with the quarterback. And then we just saw this all play out over the course of the season. And, and so you just started hearing things. And then obviously, when I heard about Jeffrey not going to the Brown's game, the first road trip that he never ever went to, apparently, mm-hmm. and all his twenty, you know, twenty-seven years as owner, and it wasn't just a, you know, the Eagles had said, oh, he wasn't going because Thanksgiving, going mother on Thanksgiving, and he went. Well, but he would have to have quarantined for fourteen days. He didn't do that. He was he went to the game the, the week before, and he was still around the team. And I don't think he even went to see his grandmother. They never even confirmed that to me. Um, and I was being told from people that he was walking out on practices early, upset with just pre-snap penalties, how sloppy it looked. He um, and, and he made a point. He told a couple people close to him in the organization that, forget it, I'm not going to this game. I'm, I'm sick of this. I just I just can't. There's not even worth it for, for me going. Maybe, you know, all these other ancillary uh, reasons uh, related to the pandemic had something to do with why he didn't go. But um, the main reason was he was extremely frustrated with the team. So that's kind of where – uh, my mind was as we got into December about Doug's security. If uh, the, the the question, Mike, I'll, let me ask this one question. Uh, uh, with Doug, and a lot's been made now in recent weeks of, of the relationship between Wentz and Peterson. A, how much of that is a factor in what ultimately went down here? And B, where did that relationship fracture? Does anybody really have a good grasp on where those two split? Uh, well, to answer your second question, I guess I'm working on a story right now um, that hopefully I'll have written by tomorrow. Okay, that will give hopefully a lot of more insight into what went wrong with Wentz and how Doug kind of factored into that. It wasn't all about Doug; there were other problems as well. Some of it on Carson, some of it on Press Taylor, some of it on obviously the roster. It was like a perfect storm of how you want to screw up a quarterback. <laughs> um. <laughs> And, and, and again, like I'll say, a lot of this falls on Carson's shoulders. Sure. Don't get me wrong. But what you saw over the course of the season, and I don't want to give away too much because uh, I still have to hammer. Not, not a problem. Not a problem. Reporting out was that, uh, yeah, there was a disconnect between Doug and Carson. I mean, but that being said, Doug, you know, Doug gave him every opportunity to hold on to that job. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of other people, I've reported this already, there were other coaches, there were other players who thought it was time, but, you know, in November, 
Right. And Doug still gave him a few more time, a few more weeks. The thinking was, you know, he's deserved this. Let's give it to him. The best course for us is to get him right. But we'll know. It'll be blatantly obvious to everybody when it has to happen. And it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you had, the argument could have been made. I thought maybe it would have happened in Seattle, the Seattle game. He was very bad that game. But that first half against Green Bay was terrible. Did, did that play a role in like, the quarterback development? Was that ultimately a, a major factor in the decision by Jeff to, to move on? Uh, from Doug? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they answered the first part of the question. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't think it had as much to do with that as, you know, they realized that it's likely they got to bring Carson back. Okay. Not only because of the salary cap hit, but because I just don't know how many teams are going to want to take him if they look at the film from last season. Right. Um, and it's going to be hard to trade him, get back compensation, what you want, et cetera. It's just probably, I think they probably came to the conclusion, all right, Carson's probably coming. Carson's coming back. Doug, how do you feel about Carson? And I haven't hammered this out yet, but I have an inclination of what Doug was thinking. And I think that may have played a role, certainly, in adding more fuel to the fire of why Doug's not back. I mean, the coaching staff was a big thing and Doug putting his foot down. Um, and then honestly, just quite frankly, they just, they never really loved Doug. I mean, it was like almost like they tolerated him. I mean, they love Doug as a person. They have great respect right. for him. He won on the Super Bowl, all that. But I think it was like, you know, the way Jeff and Howie looked at it was, and you, you've heard this from them yeah. in what they've said, even publicly, they want credit too, you know, and people don't realize that we're actually carrying Doug. I don't know how much truth there is to that. I think certainly there is a little bit of that. Um, but I felt like they felt like, you know, they were exasperated by Doug and, and this was just kind of the final straw. Mike. So from, from the picture you're painting, and I don't think what you're telling us is anything that, that we probably haven't thought, you know, might've happened. Is this a failure of Doug or is it more a failure of the organization? I think it, it goes both ways. Um, okay. Yeah. Again, like, you know, I was, there were things that were happening early on in Doug's tenure that I was just like, and he'd say things and he would, and you just really kind of question whether he had the goods to be a head coach. I mean, it was just kind of, you know, Doug had even said this. He's not good at multitasking. He forget things very easily. He um, sounds like me. <laughs> he's not like a grinder, um, right? I mean, this—he's just—he's a normal guy. Even Kelsey said this last month when asked about Doug and whether he should return. He's like, he was going the bat for Doug, obviously, because again, there's a lot of, about Doug that's great. You know, the, the emotional intelligence, I hate to use that phrase. It's more like Doug's just a good dude. He's easy, easy to get along with. He was Everyone one of the guys. In, in a sense, I mean, he's a former player, so he knows what players go through, and so that may have helped him with the right. locker room. Right, exactly. He liked being in the locker room around the guys. They like being around him. He's kind of a guy's guy, right? Uh, players coach, to, to use a cliche. But, you know, I, I think Jeff and, and Howie, as much as they said it publicly, I think privately they they didn't like that he could do some of these other things. The ge- I mean, that's, you know, they want a genius, an innovator. You know, they get allured by these sexy candidates. I mean, that's what Chip Kelly was all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now they went the opposite direction. 
Um, so anyway, Doug, you know, I mean, Doug won a Super Bowl. We, you cannot take that away from him. That is absolutely a, right. Yeah, It might have been a perfect storm of Doug was like just the perfect coach for that moment. Uh, he did very well. Like, again, like, so I just knew, I know how Jeff feels. And I've heard this again, like Doug was very aggressive that season. Jeff thinks that's, Jeff thinks that he deserves a lot of the credit for that. And in some ways he does. I mean, he was, he was just big on analytics, but too much so. But anyway, he did bring the analytics kind of into that scenario. And Doug, a lot of times, you, you, and Jeff would even say this publicly, well, you know, you don't really, there's not really much gray there or nuance. It's either black or white. You either go for it or you don't. Now that's not entirely true. Doug would go in his gut a bunch of times, but he's got guys in his ears telling him when to go, when not to go. And Jeff would take credit for that, um, which is funny. And, and I think again, yeah. But anyway, to get back to your, your original question about who's to blame, who's not to blame. Um, you know, I hate to use even that word. It, it happened because, you know, Doug is not probably a long-term solution as a head coach. He might not have been even when they hired him, but it worked out really well in 2017. He was able to get the team back on track in 2017 and 18. Guys always played hard for him. That probably wouldn't have happened those years for guys like Chip Kelly. You would have saw some kind of tanking, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, not purposeful tanking as we saw in the Washington game, mind right. you. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have this – owner that's much more involved than people have realized and it's become increasingly so and it happened because Doug was hired and because Doug allowed for it and it happened because of the Super Bowl because Jeff and Howie feel real thought that they were a huge reason why they had won it and we should be more involved in, in the direction and decision making of the team. I think more of falls on Jeff. Kevin let me ask one yeah, Jeff can you and I know this is going back a week or two Tell me what happened in that Washington game. Like, like why did they – like, I had no problem – I still don't buy the Sudfeld. But if you wanted to put Sudfeld in at halftime and say, hey, that was our plan all along. Until, but what what was the evolution of that? How It, it just came off looking so stupid. Amateur. Right. Well, again, like that – right. That kind of plays into why – now, that wasn't the reason why they fired Doug. But I think it was right. just like one – not final straw, but it was like – one of the final straws and that Doug, Doug, we had this meeting on Tuesday. They met with Doug on Tuesday. Hey, this is the plan, right? We're we obviously we're going to do everything we can to win the game with the guys that we have, but we're not going to give you the players to win the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or you, let's decide who's not up. Who's who's down. There were guys that would, that would have played under normal, normal circumstances, Miles Sanders, right. um, bunch of players, but you know, we want, you know, make Nate play, this, that, or the other thing. Okay, fine. Carson, we don't want dressed. We don't want to get him hurt. All this is totally understandable. Have a plan. Right. Doug never really formulated a plan all week, and I don't know if he was distracted by his future and whether he was coming back or just, again, just like Doug's communication wasn't great. And by Wednesday, Jalen Hurts had heard just through locker room talk, they hadn't even practiced yet, that Nate was going to get an opportunity to play and upset about it. I don't know how much I could tell. I haven't reported this. I reported this, obviously a bunch of it after the game, whatever you feel comfortable with. Don't do something yeah. you're uncomfortable with. Well, no, just whatever it was. Hertz had heard about it by Wednesday. He was not happy about it. And he was told that Doug at some point would tell him what the plan was. Well, Doug never told him. In fact, Doug, Doug never even had, 
like a team meeting saying, hey, this is the plan. We're going to – if he just said, hey, we're going to treat this like a preseason, we're going to go win, right? We're going to win, but we're going to treat this like a preseason game in that we're going to get Jalen in there, three or four series, maybe if, maybe the first quarter, but Nate's going to play, and we're going to win with Nate, and this is how we're going to do it, right? And, you know, when maybe when Hurts comes out, we pull Kelsey, pull blah, blah, blah. But we're going we're gonna to win this game, and we're going to play hard, et cetera. But that was never told to the team as a whole. Now, again, Nate was telling other players in the locker room, hey, there's a chance I'm going to play, blah, blah, blah. So guys were like, hey, that's great, Nate. You know, whatever. You've, you've, you've earned it. You've worked hard, et cetera. Although Nate probably hasn't earned it. He's not good. <laughs> He's um, going to get his letter. Right, exactly. I mean, you know how it goes. But this was never, ever di- – communicated to the team so when the game happens I mean it, again people probably thought it's probably going to happen at some point and I think that's what Doug probably thought we got Brett Toff and Matt Pryor as our tackles versus Chase Young and Ryan Carrigan and Je- uh, it, it, uh the, Dantez Sweat I forget Mont- Montez Sweat yeah Montez Sweat we're gonna get smoked right we got nothing <laughs> We got no Miles Sanders. We got whatever. So I, this is going to be an easy decision. I mean, this is going to be this is going to happen naturally. Nate's going to play in the second half. Right. Well, guess what? Jim Schwartz had other eyes, ideas about it. Right? This is my okay. final game. I'm playing. Yeah. I'm going to scheme up something to to stop Alex Smith, who is not 100 percent right and doesn't really have much on offense himself. And the team played great, and it just kept playing out. Where like they were in it, they were in it, they were in it, and then. I don't know exactly what happened. There's been speculation, this, that, or other other thing about how it actually went down. But Doug, in the you know, as we all know now, in the fourth quarter, pulls Jalen. Nate goes in. Players and coaches are like, "Is this happening? Is this yeah. really happening?" Coaches going next to each other. What? Huh? <laughs> you know, like we can win this game. You know, Doug making weird choices in the game, not challenging twice, not kicking the field goal to tie instead of going for it on fourth down. Right. And that kind of obviously played into suspicions that they were tanking it. It just looked bad. Doug, Doug didn't handle it well. And then players were upset. Players were uh, shocked first and then upset. Some Jeff, going- if, they had, if they had scored to go up 21-17 because the guy was open, yeah, would you have still – so the next series up four – Was Sudfeld. They, they, it still would have been Sudfeld. Yeah, he probably would have had no choice but to keep wow. in there, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like, maybe he still goes with <laughs> goes with Nate. But, again, you know, as I reported, like, players, defensive players were upset. They had – there were some defensive players who had no idea that this was even going to happen, right? I know – I heard Darius Slay was, like, yelling. Uh, they had to kind of, like, hold him back. Wow. Um, you know, like, I don't, you know, uh, it was – the guys were upset. Um, and, you know, I know Kelsey has come out and kind of – downplayed it a little bit but he was upset i heard he was upset a day a day later you know this is a guy that kind of went public with how um well if, if you're if you're kelsey and you you've played 16 games and battled through all the crap he battled through i'd be upset too yeah and that's how i that's how i kind of led my story as that night as it unfolded in front of my eyes i'm like jesus how kelsey gonna feel about this he went to the the mat <clears throat> we several weeks before about why you don't tank why winning right. organizations don't tank and Again, every team does this to some extent, but they sure. just read it so blatant. Yeah. Um, and only for just three spots in the first round. You, you don't make it that obvious is what happens. Right. Yeah, the, the, I'm sorry, not just three spots in the first round. Three spots is every other. Sure. There's a lot of fans right. who 
were ups- upset that anyone even questioned why they did this because they only care about the draft spots. But I guess three spots in every round. But then again, well, they, Ar- Artega Whiteside will be available three spots later. <laughs> well, and that that kind of leads to the point. If you listen to the press conference, and obviously you did, and you asked questions of, of Jeff on Monday, the fascination that this owner has with the general manager and he and his staff, Kevin and his staff, you know, the idea that he has five potential GMs on his, on his staff right now and all that. Is there anything that breaks this bond? I mean, it, it, is Jeff playing lip service and he knows what Howie's flaws have been in the draft or is Jeff serious that he thinks Howie is like, you know, the, the, you know, George Yum part two. Five GMs and they don't even how it doesn't even listen to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the Jeff Howie dynamic is an interesting one, right? They, you know Howie's been there for twenty years. Uh, Jeff places a lot of value in having someone near him that he trusts. Joe Banner obviously was there for twenty years. He was his childhood friend. He trusted him. That trust eroded over time. Um, but you know, and then but and he was able to move with move on from him because he had again he had Howie in place. Someone again, he trusted. So I get it. It's un- it's understandable how Jeff feels about Howie and Howie again. As I as I wrote um, after Jeff's after Doug was fired and after Jeff's press conference, I mean Jeff uh, Howie allows Jeff to be involved, right? And and again, more involved than people realized. Jeff lobbied for JJ Ortega Whiteside uh, using analytics. This was his guy. He got Doug to go along with it. Howie kind of had no choice but to pick him. Um, he won a Paris Campbell. Joe Douglas won a Paris Campbell. Um, you know, the following year, uh, I don't know how much Jeff weighed in on um, Rager Justin, or Jefferson. Or, or Justin Jefferson. I've kind of gone over how that whole pl- that how who who won who wanted Pumphrey. Pumphrey, I think, was actually kind of a Joe D guy. Yeah. Okay, that was okay. a Joe mistake. Um, but uh, but that was the fifth round. They traded up for him. They made a mistake. What they did was they made a mistake earlier in the draft. Oh, that and was that, the third round, wasn't it? No, it was fifth. It was fifth. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. fourth. I think it was maybe it was fourth. They traded up in the fourth for him. I mean, so they traded up for him, but they but they missed out earlier on guys that they had liked. Dalvin Cook, they wanted the second round, and they thought he was going to fall to them, and the Vikings jumped them to get him. But the, but the two guys on the, the two guys on the Packers who were really good went after Pumphrey. You know, the two, they're two running backs. Aaron Jones and yeah. Right, yeah, right. Okay, but whatever. But, but the, you know, they got how he got jumped again. Like how strength is supposed to. He's supposed to know what all these other teams are doing. Like that's supposedly his draft strength. I mean, he he can't evaluate players, but uh, he's good to know on what's going on around in the league and where guys are positioned, where guys have guys ranked, what they're doing. And he's very tight with actually Rick Spielman, who's the GM with the Vikings. I know we're getting off track here. No, but he, you know, that's all he right. should have been able to forecast the Dalvin Cook thing. And a lot of people thought that it would happen. It was out there and it happened. And they just thought he'd follow them. So they had to kind of, they kind of had to go to the second plan, which was to take Sidney Jones. But um, to get back to last year's draft, uh, Jeff is like, you know, on board with Jalen Hurts, how he's going to wow the world, how he wow as I like to call his, his, uh, <laughs> all their ego. <laughs> Howie Wowies. He likes to call. Yeah, like I like to call them Howie Wowies. You know, yeah. I'm going to show everybody this is how it's done. And you know what? To his credit, he's pulled off some pretty resp- uh, remarkable trades. Um, that's probably been his strength, right? But in this case, you know, the Jalen Hurts pick essentially kind of blew up in their faces. 
But to get back to your original point about Jeff's trust in Howie, that's where it comes from. And But at the same time, I don't think he realizes some of the negative traits of Howie and how he's insulated himself. So a lot of the blame for this, that, or the other thing, he can kind of, or Jeff can just assume it's being, it's being handled by other guys. Okay, how he's no longer in charge of personnel in terms of the scouting department, Andy Weil is. Jeff's no longer in charge of the medical staff, uh, Arsh uh, uh, Renata is. Jeff's, you know, how he's no longer in charge of this or, you know, um, the football operations, that's whoever, you know, like uh, how he's no longer in charge of contracts, that's Jake, Jake Rosenberg. So how he is in charge of everything, so he ultimately deserves uh, credit or blame, but Jeff doesn't see that way, and I think Howie does a good job of saying, all right, well, this is why Davion Taylor didn't get on the field. You know, this is why this didn't happen or th- this that didn't happen. And I think Jeff, you know, kind of just still has stars in his eyes with Howie. Again, Howie won a Super Bowl. He had a great mm-hmm. 2016 and 17 off seasons. He won uh, executive of the year in 2017. But what we've seen since then has been, I think, more of what Howie is. Right. And, which leads to the question, now that you're in a coaching search, um, look, it's not their type to go necessarily get the biggest fish out there. We know that. I mean, you know, they pick up – Andy was a quarterback coach. They did go kind of excel for Chip, you know, and, and go above. But, you know, Doug, uh, Doug was obviously a bottom-of-the-barrel guy. How much does it hurt, though, that whoever the head coach is in here is going to have very limited say on the personnel end – and on even maybe his own coaches at this point. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go back to your... Uh... No, no, no. The, the The question I have is, how much does the Howie influence, the towering Howie influence? Now that you're trying to get a... Or the Jeff influence. Or, or the Jeff influence, for that matter. It, trying to get a head coach in here who has... You know, you're not going to get somebody who, who's going to want personnel control. You're not going to probably get a guy who's going to have control over his head coaches. It's not a real appealing spot at that point is it yeah i mean i don't think it's uh on paper an appealing spot but again as i like to point out there's only seven of these this off season so it's it's not like you know we've heard how many candidates for the eagles already 12 there's probably like 20 maybe or maybe more than who knows there's a lot of candidates out there uh you can find a good coach without having one of these hot candidates again 2016 everyone's like oh they didn't get adam gase they didn't get ben mcadoo they didn't get this that or the other thing and those guys all bombed out those yeah. guys are all gone, and Doug ended up being the great coach. 2000, excuse me, 1999, who's this guy, Andy Reid? What are you doing? Well, Andy Reid's maybe one of the greatest coaches ever. Now, he didn't win a Super Bowl here, but 14 years, had a great run. Um, so you can still get a good coach here. You can get the right thing going, and you get you can have a guy that's the right fit for you. That being said, yeah, I mean, like it, it may be tough for them to say, okay, I want this guy. And let's say this, let's say they really love, um, I don't know, say, say Arthur, Arthur Smith, the tennis, the Titans offensive coordinator. Let's say he's a great candidate. They love him, but he's got a lot of options here. Right. Yeah. I mean, does he want to come in a situation where he knows the owner's going to be involved? He knows that how he's going to have complete say over personnel. And you look at the quarterback situation unanswered. You look at the cap situation, they're going to be over for this year. I think the cap situation, maybe too much is being made of that, but it's not great. You're not going to be able to make a lot of moves in free agency. And you look at the roster, it's old, and there isn't a lot of budding young talent. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. So are they going to get their guy? I don't know. 
Um, but I, sometimes I think too much is being made of that. Mike? If, if you were them, what would you be looking – because the way I look at this, Jeff, is that if you bring an offensive guy in, okay, somebody's going to come in and run the defense. Like It's, it's almost like you have two coaches anymore. You, you know, if the coach is a defensive coach, then he's going to bring somebody in to run his offense pretty much. But what do you think that they're looking for – uh, you know, because Kevin has brought this up before. The guy from Tennessee relies a lot on a running game. Now he has uh, resurrected Tannehill, you know, to some degree. The guy in Buffalo has resurrected uh, Allen. What do you think in their mind they're looking for in their next coach? I mean, I think – I really think you have to go back to look at their – record and who they want. I mean, you know, Jeff has said it could be a defensive coordinator. He wants a CEO type, but you can get that from an offensive coordinator, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just feel like knowing Jeffrey, it's again going to be an offensive, co- head, you know, offensive minded head coach and someone who's going to call plays. You, you don't, you, you fear in having someone who doesn't call plays because if that person does a really great job, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're gone in a year or two. Right. The play caller, I mean, uh, is the, the offensive co- coordinator they have. And that's the same reason why I think you you hesitate in having a defensive coordinator. Now, look, all that being said, you're trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's, I think, of the coaches remaining, some of them are defensive-minded head coaches. We've seen defensive-minded head coaches win, win Super Bowls. It can happen. Um, the guy in San Francisco has a really good pedigree, supposedly, right? Robert Salah, and he would bring one of the Shanahan coordinators there. Uh, there's a pass game coordinator and a, and a run game corner, uh, Mike uh, Matt. Matt LaFleur, and, I'm sorry, Mike LaFleur. Matt LaFleur right. coaches the Packers, his brother. And Mike um, McDaniel is the run game coordinator. You'd probably bring LaFleur with him. But if LaFleur is great, he's gone, right? But Salah apparently is a good leader, obviously uh, has a good scheme on defense. They're going to interview him, I think, today. Solid candidate. But you also have competition. The Lions, the Jets, they're interested in him. I don't know if it's going to happen. But uh, he's he's obviously someone that uh, is a hot ticket this offseason. Um, I would look again as I as I've written, offensive minded play caller, not obvious. Now Mike Kafka is a little obvious because again last offseason they wanted to interview him for offensive coordinator and he blocked it. But when I say he's not obvious, you know, again you're looking at a quarterbacks coach, someone who hasn't called plays in the NFL or at least called him as an offensive coordinator. And I don't know how many other teams would be willing to take that risk. Whereas the Eagles have done it before. And I think that's something that they would, they would do. And then he's young, he's 33. He hasn't got the clout to come in and say, all right, I want to do, I want to have some say in personnel. He doesn't have the clout to tell Jeff to go bug off. Right. So look at someone like that as an example of where they might go. When you final question, um, when you look at where they are and, and yeah, we haven't even, you talked about the salary cap issues, maybe a little overblown, but they're going to lose a decent number of players here. I would think that they're going to dispatch. Um, how long a rebuild processes could this be in the NFL? You could turn it around quick, but you almost have to hit on every, on everything. Right. Are we looking at two, three, four years down the road here before this team's back in contention, serious contention? I, I think some some has made too much of that. Okay, uh, as well. I mean, the NFL. I mean, you see teams just kind of rising and falling every year, going from single digit wins to double digit wins and vice versa. 
So I think you in the NFL, it's with the cap, it's set up that, you know, teams aren't buried for a long uh, extended period of time. The schedules are set up that way. You have a fourth place schedule, a third place schedule, a second place schedule, a first place schedule. Um, and then obviously you have the draft. They got to do a lot yeah. to kind of get back to that. I think um, they still have pieces in place. They still have some young talent. They don't have enough of it and they don't have enough older guys that they can, that they, that you can say, well, in fact that you even know if they're returning, we don't know what's going to happen with Jason Kelsey. We don't right. know what's going to happen with Zach Ertz. You know, they have salary cap issues. They got to unload some of those older guys. I think a lot of fans would like to see them go, but if you get rid of Brandon Graham, I don't think they're getting rid of Brandon Graham, but they may. But let's say, you know, Fletcher Cox. I mean, you know, you still need those guys. They're they're your best players. You look at the three pro, pro bowlers, they were all drafted before 2012. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the trick and the problem is you can defer all this money, but then you just kind of kick it down the road, and then you end up having a problem maybe down the road in the, your contention window too with your cap, you know? Yeah. Well, you, yeah, right. You don't want to borrow too much from the future. And yeah. that's kind of what got, how it got Howie into this situation was he kept doing too much of that. And again, Jeff's excuse was we, you know, we wanted to win short term. That's why we did a bunch of these things, but you know, it, you didn't do a good job of it. And it wasn't just that there were how he gave out some really bad contracts. Yeah. I mean, Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey were, were not good. And, you know, I don't even know how wise it was to really do Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks when you did them. Um, but I mean, those guys are good. You want them back, but like, why'd you have to do it then? Maybe they got, maybe they got ahead of the curve on those guys and gave them good deals that down the road would look pretty good, but both are coming off a lot of injuries. So you wonder, well, even, even some of the extensions, like, or, or the way they kicked down, like on Peters, they kept going back to Jason Peters the last two, three years when after the injury in 17, when he wasn't the same player. I no, mean, it's just, and I, you know, yeah, with Peters, it seems like they were just like, oh, well, you know. It's a blind spot. One of our coaching interns. They, they care too much about stuff that had nothing to do with actually the product on the field or how you would perform. I don't get it. It's a bl- It was a blind spot for him. It's pretty obvious at this point. So, yeah. Jeff McLean. Yeah. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold Kevin, on. Could you ask four questions on your last I'm question? I'm sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Jeff, when push comes to shove, regard, the, the, the main question here is because they're – it sounds like they're going to be tied to Carson for at least two years because of the money. Can, I don't know about that. I would say I would okay. say they're tied one year. Okay, so let's say one year. And um, maybe not even that. I, I'm not ruling out a trade, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, that, but if if they if he's here, can they make it work? Can all, because like like um, Troy Aikman said, you know, really, how well has this guy played since the 2017? I mean, he hasn't been horrible as he was this year, but if you throw out the last four games of 219. There's not a lot of what I would say highlights there, but so can it work or is it just doomed that it's not going to work for either Carson's fault or your organization's fault, whatever fault. Uh, I'll just go on what I've heard from inside. Like, yeah, it can work. He can turn it around. Uh, it's okay. happened before. Um, you know, he has the ability to, to be a good quarterback elite. You know, the guy we saw in 2017 uh, for a 13 game period, I think if you're looking at the law of averages or just what we've seen, uh, probably not. Um, mm-hmm. But there's always a chance. I mean, again, Carson right. has a lot of ability. He has right. a good arm. 
Uh, and Jeff, yeah. Jeff, just one quick thing: is that more because that th- we might not see the elite again because of the injuries? I think because that's a little bit of, of. I think that's part of it. I mean, you're talking about three major injuries, right? You're talking right. about a knee injury. Um, it wasn't just the ACL; it was also the LCL. Uh, you're talking about a back thing that, as far as we know, may have been exist. You know, still there since since college, and and, and forced him to um, have to miss a significant amount of time. Backs are tricky things, right? Mm. And then the concussion, which I understand was pretty significant. So we're talking mm-hmm. about three injuries in three years. I mean, you know, quarterbacks. After a while, you take those hits. I mean, you've seen Cam Newton. He isn't what he used to be. He took right. a lot of hits, and a lot of it's because the way Carson plays. I mean, Carson, uh, you love his competitiveness, and you love what he can do uh, with his legs. Maybe not as much so, but it's gotten him beat up over the years. So I think that's part of it. Um, again, I think it was just a perfect storm of everything that could go wrong went wrong in 2020. So – what will will a new guy? It's going to be a lot. It's going to focus on what this new guy can do. Can this guy resurrect resurrect Carson? Can he get the right guys in the building to kind of get him back to what we know he can be? Um, and that's obviously a big question. Uh, you know, they, it's not just the you know, look. They'll they'll be on the hook for a bunch of money in twenty twenty two. But it, it would. I don't think it'd be enough if he doesn't play well in twenty twenty one. It wouldn't be enough. To right. I'm just releasing him. Right. Right. Jeff, Jeff McLean. Go ahead. Hey, tell people, Kevin, they should read Inquire or Inquire Online because Inqui- it sounds like Jeff's going to have a pretty good story yep. coming up. Inquire.com and pick up the pick up the hard copy. It actually pays these guys. So please, you know, still pick up the hard copy. and uh, Or subscribe. And, yeah, subscribe. And, and, yeah, absolutely. Online, subscribe. You get good deals for that. Yeah, Price absolutely. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, Jeff, Les Bowen, Paul Domowich, EJ Smith, they kicked ass this year on the Eagle beat. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Jeff. Glad we could catch up. Happy New Year. And uh, hopefully it's not too long a coaching search for you guys. Take, so you take care it. of that beard, buddy. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Thanks, Jeff McLean. And we'll be back on Work on the Beat right after this. fascinating wasn't it michael kern <laughs> um it, it, this is just me making off of what jeff said and what we we've heard and read and all that kind of thing i don't think they want it doug no i think they, that's begin with right yeah would adam gaze have worked i doubt it um but it, you know i mean we know that now i i get it things change but it almost seems like and then doug went out and won a super bowl and it's like okay you know, and whatever we want to say about the two seasons that came after it, they did resurrect the season at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so you got to give the guy credit for that. And I don't think Doug's the greatest coach that ever. And I think he's a good guy. I think he's 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 a kind of guy who would sit down and have a beer with us or something or whatever, or go get a cheesesteak with us or whatever. But uh, it seems to me that the organization, and it's Jeff's team. He's the owner. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But it just seems to me like there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of cooks in the kitchen, and and from what Jeff said, it's almost like maybe it's not Howie's fault as much as Jeff's fault. You know the old line, you know what's it? Victory has many fathers, but but defeat is an orphan. I mean that's basically I, I never what, heard that, but that I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, okay. I mean to be honest, I mean 
it sounds like they all wanted credit for what happened in 17 and they all deserve some measure of credit. Absolutely. Um, but this idea that like you could just take the head coach out and, and I'm not saying Doug, do I think I would have fired Doug Peterson after last year? No, because I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in you clean the whole house. Out. But you didn't sit in the meetings. No, no. I guess is what, yeah. We, no, we, I, I, I agree with I, you. I, but I, I'm a big believer in you clean the whole house out. If you're doing something well, like this you and you're firing a Super Bowl head coach. Well, that wasn't happening. But that wasn't going to happen. And, it, it, and I, th- I think the thing was they felt if they went with Doug next year, it wasn't going to be any different. But I'm not sure it's going to be different with whoever it is. So No, but you have a new voice. You have a new – I think what you're hoping is in 2022 it can be different. Well, you're also hoping that whoever it is gets in touch with the quarterback. Yeah. The, the worst thing in life, I'm going to tell you right now, and we've seen it, and again, I, I don't mean to get political. I'm not trying to, to do that. Please don't. But, <laughs> but how many times in the last year or two have we seen a quote or whatever? That, well, I'm not getting credit. Like, why is this guy right. getting credit and people aren't giving – the worst thing you can do is sit there and worry about who's getting the credit. credit. Yeah. You won a Super Bowl. Jeff can now walk into any owner's meeting with a ring. And he's 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 going to be regarded, even though this year stunk, okay, but he's still going to be regarded differently than an owner like the guy in Atlanta. Here's uh, who, who didn't win a Super Bowl. Here's the one thing that I take out of the way McLean has portrayed it is Lurie becoming more meddlesome. Okay. Yeah, exactly. At a time when most owners, let's be honest, at a time when most owners, at an age when most owners starts pulling back, well, you know, Jeff's approaching 70. Okay. This is his fantasy team, Kevin. I understand, but, but there's a point where like most owners start pulling back and and they start delegating more and, and everything just be just kind of plunging himself more into it. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't Jerry, think that's a good Jerry thing. Jerry doesn't. No, I, look, well, but Jerry's his, different. Jerry always team. thought he was a football guy. It's his he played well, at I think Arkansas. Jeff does too. Yeah, it, but it's, Je- it's Jerry it's Jerry looks like, oh, I played at Arkansas, and he came in and he won three Super Bowls right but away. Jeff's doing the same thing. Well, it's, it's Jeff's not telling you he played at Arkansas, but no. he's telling you, I know Ortega Whiteside's pretty good, or he's telling you. Well, he's using the I analytics. I, I went yeah. to practice and didn't like what I was seeing from Doug's guys. I mean, so he's basically telling you, and he's allowed to be a football guy. It's his team. It's yeah. his investment. He can be whatever he wants. But I think the smartest guys know when to pull step away. Back. Yeah. Um, but the problem is he won a Super Bowl. Every problem with this team goes back to the point that they won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's not a problem. It's the greatest moment in Eagles history. But this is what happens. You're now you're allowed to be arrogant. You're allowed to be smarter than the other guy. You're allowed to be, and it's hard to question it when he can point to the trophy and say, hey, we did this. It was lightning in a bottle. It happened. You got the one great year you're probably ever going to get out of Carson Wentz. You got Nick Foles. You got them overcoming five or six serious injuries, and it happened. It was great. And if, God forbid, they lost to the Falcons in that first game, if Julio Jones catches a ball. Then it's not as big a, a deal. Well, who knows? Before who knows? B- before we move on to the picks, okay, uh, there's a report that's coming out right now. Uh, Urban Meyer will be the next head co- or close to a deal to become the next head coach of the Jaguars. Surprised? Well, I'm always, when college guys, you know, we've heard Urban a couple times in his career, his health, is this, is that. He stepped away from Ohio. Of course, he had things that were happening in Ohio State, too, and things that were happening in Florida. 
He did win three national titles. There's not many guys who go from college and then go to the pros and have the same amount of success. He's probably getting a boatload of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's getting Trevor Lawrence. Because there were some rumors that in the last day that he was pissing the Jaguars off because he was actually considering Sandy or the, 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 uh, Chargers. the Chargers, yeah. who have a pretty good quarterback and probably at this point in time have a better team you know, than the yeah. Jags. Um, you know, maybe Herbert's a better NFL quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know this, I, but it, it doesn't shock me because guys like Urban Meyer, this is what they do. They coach, you know, they coach teams. They, they, and they know what it's like to win titles and what it takes to have a winning team, albeit at a different level. Um, so we'll see if it works. You know, you're going to start, you're starting out, you stink. Right. Okay, they got a bunch of draft picks, but they're getting to, to me. This all hinges on mostly one thing: can they develop Trevor Lawrence into what people think Trevor Lawrence can be? So, if we're having a conversation three years from now, and Trevor Lawrence is Josh Allen, well, you know, then then they got a chance to. But that franchise historically has stunk. But mm-hmm. three years ago, they almost played the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And they were pretty good, and everybody was looking at them like, wow. Yeah, their defense was really team, good. And then all of a sudden, it just went. Pfft. All right. So here we go. Uh, divisional weekend in the NFL. Uh, just point me where you want to go. Take me to the action. Take me to the track. Take me to a party. If they're betting in the back, I've been working all my life. Can't afford to wait. Let me call my wife so I can tell her. All right, so we're going to do this in chronological order, and we'll start with the Saturday 4.30 game at uh, Lambeau, which will be 31, by the way, and clear. Um, it's the Packers laying 6.5 to the Rams. Um, I, I, you know, Mike, it, it's interesting. I, I I, think the Rams' issues are, are pretty well known, and yet I thought this line would be more, and it's not. Well... Uh, look, the Rams got a really good defense. They got the best, the top-rated defense, which is amazing. I'm amazed at these guys who are offensive geniuses who win with a defensive team. Like Brian Billick won a Super Bowl with, you know, a defensive team. Yeah. Um, the, the guy in San Francisco has a pretty good defense, but he's regarded as a, you know, so two years ago, McVay was this offensive whiz. Okay, well, now they're not an offensive whiz anymore. I, I just, and, and I know Donald's hurt, and, and who knows, he's going to play. Um, the Packers were having a little bit of a COVID issue, but apparently not because the guy they picked up from the Colts, the lineman, he's not going to affect any of their other players. Right. Probably sitting out. I just don't see the, you know, the Rams won last week because Seattle can score because Seattle went into the tubes with their offense with Russell Wilson going from MVP to, I can't move the football. Um, I just don't see him scoring enough points to be packed. You know, I mean, can the Rams, and I know the Packers defense sometimes isn't all that. Our, our good friend Mike Pettin, you know, yep. coached them. But I mean, you know, I think if the if the Packers can get into the twenties, I think they got a pretty good chance of winning the game. It's, it, look, it's it's Rodgers, you know, it's Rodgers versus Goff. Um, we assume Goff. I mean, they haven't announced if it's him. Well, or okay, whoever or, plays, right, right, and that's another question. I mean, you know, they're. They're playing, um, but again, they won last week because Seattle couldn't score. And hey, maybe their defense goes up there and plays another great game. I'm not saying they're going, yeah, but I see the Packers winning kind of like, um, like, 
like 24 to 14, you know, something like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet the Rams. No. But, you know, that's just me. I said that last week. The, and they won. Yeah, so. the, the over-under on this game is 45 and a half, by the way. I should have mentioned that. Um, uh, I think Green Bay, look, I think having a rest at this time of year is huge for Green Bay. It was a little bit on the older side. Obviously, when you have a 37-year-old quarterback, it's it's big. Um, yes, the Ram defense could be stifling, and the Ram defense could cause some headaches. Um but I'm kind of with you. I, I don't know what the situation... You know, Cam Akers had a decent game last week for the Rams, but I don't see them being able to run the football at will against the Packers and play ball well, control. Well, we've seen the Packers' defense not come up big, though. Yeah. I mean, we have seen that. So, you know, if, but, if I'm Mike Petton this week, I'm stopping the Rams' running game. I'll take my chances with them throwing the ball. Yeah. So we're both... Ta- I don't know who's throwing the ball. So we're both taking Green Bay. I... I yeah, I, I mean, I would half. lean that way. Again, that's another game, you know, if you're into the tease crap um, where you could tease them down where they just have to win. Uh, I just don't see Rodgers losing this game. Pick two, or game two. Uh, Buffalo at home is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Baltimore. Maybe Best game, game of the week. Best game of the weekend. Yeah. Uh, that's the Saturday night, eight fifteen game on NBC. 49-and-a-half is the over-under. Yeah, um, man, this, boy, I mean, look, I love, these are the two hottest teams the last five or six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens didn't play a great schedule down the stretch, but they, they dominated and they won. They went to Tennessee last week and won after being down 10 They did go to Cleveland and win, which is not a bad win at all. No, not a bad win. Cleveland, you know, Cleveland can be Cleveland, but the Bills have been so good. Um, and last week was a close game, as we thought it might be. Um, boy, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, there's something in me that's just saying Ravens, and, and I don't know why, because I like the Bills. I, I love Josh Allen. I love watching him play. I know Diggs was a little banged up last week, and the other receiver was banged up, and apparently he's still banged up. Um, I just think it's going to be a really good game. I, 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 I think it's going to live up to the hype. Um, and it's going to be like in the, yeah, three or four minutes left. You're going to be watching to see who advances. You know, it's funny because we look at this, and I'm I, I the one stat that keeps coming out at me is John Harbaugh has the most road wins in the playoffs of any head coach in NFL history. I think it's seven now. Okay. Um, and Buffalo last week gave well, Rex the, Ryan had four. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just and, and of course. Part of it is, hey, if you're good, you don't have to play on the road. Um, but the, the the thing with the Bills is, I thought that they got they got through their early struggles last week, and I thought Allen got better as the game went along. Um, and I think I'm going to put my faith in Sean McDermott that he's going to figure out a way to make Lamar Jackson look a little more one dimensional. I mean, I I, I think that. Look, Jackson, Tennessee was not able to take the runaway from Jackson last week. I think McDermott's going to game plan it out where he's going to have a spy. He's going to have different uh, ways of doing it. I'll take Buffalo. I'll they had, they had a spy on the one play, and he ran for 49-yard touchdown. Yeah, I uh, think Buffalo's defense is better than Tennessee, the key to too. the game is the other team's defense. I think if the Ravens play like they did last week, 
then they got a real shot. Yeah, I agree. But their defense was unreal. And, you know, maybe, I mean, if we're looking at it that way, maybe you play the under then. I don't know, at 49. But I, I just, um, and again, Buffalo hasn't been here a lot. Um, the Ravens have. Harbaugh has. And I don't know how much that plays into once a game. I mean, you know, you have two quarterbacks who can beat you with their legs. The Buffalo quarterback obviously is a better passer. He, he's, you know, he, uh, probably going to finish second in the MVP. But the other guy did win the MVP last year. I just think... This is one of those games I don't want to bet. A, I just want to watch the game yeah. and and just hope that it turns out to be what I think it can be. And whoever wins is probably going to go to Kansas City for what could be another. You know, I, I think if Kansas City does win and either it's whether it's Buffalo or the Ravens, I think they'll have a shot next week. So, I really do. So do you have a formal pick on who wins the game? You know what? For, for no, I'm just going to lean towards the Ravens. Okay. I, I, I don't know why. It'll take the two and I, a half. I, I like Buffalo. I really like them as a team, and I'm rooting for Sean McDermott. But I, I just – what was the line again? Two and a half? Two and a half. Yeah, that's not really anything. Um, I, 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 for, for the sake of argument, I'll, I'll take the Ravens. Yeah, I'll take the Bills. I, I think the Bills win maybe by seven. So, all right, game three. It's the first game on Sunday. It's f- three o'clock, by the way. If you're used to the old one and four thirty or whatever it is, three o'clock is the start. It hasn't time been most. one and four thirty since we were kids. Uh, on divisional weekend, they always want to play later to get better ratings. Right, Cleveland and, is a ten point fa- uh, ten point underdog. Excuse me, at Kansas City. Um, the over under on that is fifty seven. Look, I think the Browns have been a great story. I think what they did last week was really cool. Playing with after head coach, playing with after uh, best lineman, um, I I think that was more though of what the Steelers were at the end of the year than what the Browns were, and so I'm going to take Kansas City, and I think this could be mega ugly in this one. I, I, I don't. Ten. Go ahead. Well, no, I, you you could look. Kansas City can beat it. What has Kansas City done over the last two months? Well, and that and that's also they have not. They're one in seven. I think, if I have that right, against the spread. The spread, yep. Now, and most of those games, they've been favored by 10. They've been favored by this. They've been favored by that. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that a team that's won 23 of its last 24, if you don't count that last game where they didn't play anybody. I'm just saying is, and Cleveland's getting some guys back. They're getting their tackle back. They're getting um, they're getting their coach back. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, 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 I can't see Kansas or, uh, Cleveland winning the game. And, yes, it could get out of hand. Maybe they turn the ball over a couple times, whatever. Kansas City just decides, hey, it's time we got to play now. It's it's whatever. And even in the playoffs last year, we saw Kansas City fall behind 24-zip in this game. We saw them fall behind uh, to, to 10. Now, they won both games and they covered. But if I if you put a gun to my head, I'm, I'm, I would take the points and just take the thing that, hey, Kansas City's going to win – but, you know, Cleveland might figure out a way to keep it within a touchdown or something like that. And, and, and you're right. Kansas City has not played particularly well in about five weeks. Well, um, they've won. They've That's won. That's matters. Right. I, I'm not going to knock them for winning and not covering. Right. It's not their, their um, But I also just look at it as they almost look like a team that's – I and, you know, I know you say I overthink stuff like this, and I probably you do. do. You, you do. But, that's, but, they've that's looked, you. but they've looked bored. Ever since the the, oh. the Vegas game, they've looked really almost bored because they knew what their playoff fate was. They knew that yeah. basically they're judged by 
what happens from here out. But that doesn't count the four games before the Vegas game where they were just I, – I, Kevin, you, you could be right. They could win by three touchdowns. I'm not saying they can't. But I'm just telling you, if I'm a betting person and, he, and a team's going one and seven in their la- – well, don't don't count the last game because that doesn't, that doesn't count. And the other thing is, and this may sound weird, you know, Mahomes hasn't played in three weeks. Now, do I think that's going to hurt Patrick Mahomes? No, not really. But Cleveland has nothing to lose. And and that may Cleveland may go out there and just play, you know, whatever. Hey, hey we got not if we if we lose forty to seven, nobody's going to kill us. You know, we we we're the Browns. We're not supposed to win anyway. And and I just think that that I I just think that if you're putting a gun to my head and you say, yeah, you got to put money on this game, right? Given the way that it's gone the last whatever, I, I just I would take a shot with I, the Clevelands. I'm I, not thrilled. No. I, I, I do worry also for the Browns of a little bit of happy to be airitis. That it look, be, you, but you the happy beat, to you, be there was, yeah. I mean, that's you, true. you beat you beat your rival last week. You embarrassed them. You did a lot of great things. You come home and there's people at the airport for you and all that. I think the fact that they're getting Stefanski back is going to meet and and plus you could get the late game cover. You know, Kansas City. Yeah, you could, could get a late. couple touchdowns in Cleveland. You could, get you could go down the field with a minute to go, and Kansas City might not care. All right. Uh, you said that you thought Baltimore and um, Baltimore and which I'm call it was the game of the weekend. Baltimore and Buffalo. I think this yeah. is the marquee game of the weekend. It's a six thirty game on Sunday night, and it, well, this is just as good. Yeah, yeah. This is- it's Brady and Breeze. We believe for the last time. Uh, yeah, because of sounds like Drew Breeze is going to retire at the end of the year. Saints are a three point favorite. The over under is fifty one and a half. New Orleans killed them twice during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's going to bet Tampa because that's what the world's going to And that's fine. Tampa might win the game. You know, Tampa's looked, looked good. Take, Saints didn't look really good last week. No. But they won. They played anybody other than Mitchell Trubisky. They may have lost. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the Saints have lost playoff games at home. I mean, we've seen it. So, yeah, I mean, so, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that most of the free world is going to take the Tampas. So, you know, and I'm not going to say don't take the Tampas. I'm, again, Brady has to show me. Bruce Arians has to show me. Because there's been too many times this year, not, not so much in the last month, but there's been too many times this year where this team didn't come out. And, that, again, that was back more so towards the first half of the season. But um, I think it could be a great game. You know, I mean, maybe Brady has figured this out and Arians has figured Brady out and um, – the Saints do have a really good defense. Um, they do. You know, so you go into the game thinking, who, so who's got the more better motivation? The Tampas, who got beat by this team twice and got embarrassed the last time, or the Saints go in and say, hey, we can handle this team. You know, we, we they scored three points the last time. Or, um, I, I, you know, I, I, well, the, I don't know who to take. I, I'm just telling you, the world's going to take Tampa. No. I, They're going to be the popular pick, and maybe rightfully so. I would say that Tam- I, I'm leaning towards Tampa. One, I, I think, know you're leaning towards Tampa, and that's okay. I, I I think that the weapons are a little more in sync than they were at midseason. Remember, they played him. I think the second game was Week Nine, and the first yeah. game was Week One. So you're you're talking Antonio Antonio Brown's now in the mix. You have Godwin. You have yeah, uh, the other guys hurt, right? Well, or they don't know about Evans. They don't know about Evans, but yeah. I think he'll probably tr- give it a go. Right. But they did uh, lose thirty-eight to three. I mean, you know, it, it thirty-eight well, to yeah. three is not twenty-one to ten. 
And that game has nothing to do. I, I get it. That game happened, uh, you know. And are the Saints are the it. Saints as good as they were back then? Too. That's the other question. All right. Well, we don't know. And that's a, you know, Saints. If the Saints defense, you know, I mean, but, if you're saying that the the Tampa Bay's are going to win a high scoring game, yeah, I could see that. You know, I, I yeah. Could. If this game is played in the twenties, there's no way that, that Tampa wins. Don't it ever, has to go into no. the thirties. No, I can see Tampa winning like 28-24. I mean, you know, I, I think either team could win this game. I, I, they, they're, you know, I, they're, they're both really good teams. Um, You know, I think Brady's playing better right now than Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him that. I think Saints defense is a little better. I think the other thing is Michael Thomas is back. Um, And that makes a difference. It made a difference last week, but they didn't play real well last week. They didn't. I mean, you know, that's just... The fact they didn't, they only scored what 21 points, I think. Yep. Um, so you know, I mean, I think I'm rooting, I, I think I'm rooting for the Saints just because, and, and that's nothing against Tom Brady, nothing. I love Bruce Arians, but I've just, I've, I've, I've liked the Saints for a few years now. I would like to see Drew Brees go as far as he can. All right. And so that is our pick segment that was sponsored by Foxbet, Foxbet, where you can download the app, you can play games in pennsylvania and new jersey uh you can bet anything custom bets find your bet boost and if you're also there you can play the fox super six this weekend you could win if you answer six questions correctly mike okay on both the packers and the rams i'm lucky i can answer one okay the packers rams game and the saints and the saints bucks game you could win two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. and if on the if you Win the jackpot. On well, the, what kind of questions are we talking about, Kevin? Like, what what would it be like the question? How many completions will Aaron Rodgers and oh, Jack Goff combine oh, okay. for? Like, is so the one on the before, right? Oh, you do this before the game, and if you're correct, by the way, in addition to the two hundred fifty thousand dollars, if you are correct and answer all six correctly on Sunday on the Bucks Saints game, you will win Terry Bradshaw's Ford F one fifty truck in addition to it. So. That, that yeah see because yeah okay that's now on 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 this sporting app can, is this one of those ones where you can bet the in-game stuff yes on on the regular fox bet app you can bet in-game you can do a lot of different the parlays parlays kind of prop see, that's bets. sick i mean that's i i, I love people who, who it's, it's so I'm, could you see me sitting watching the game oh how many teasers would and, you and have making bets <laughs> how like many teasers? every other play or or every i mean I see. I couldn't see me doing that. I I just you can I, do you can do pretty much anything on these apps. Oh right, yeah, it, it's amazing. It, it is absolutely amazing what you can do. And, and God bless the people to do it. God bless them. You're better people than me. So, but yeah, go for it, man. So go yeah, get get, get the Fox get Bet and the Fox so. Super Six app and play. Maybe those me and this you weekend. should do that. You what? you could teach me how to do that, and maybe like we should try to win the two fifty. I'm not sure I'm allowed to. Oh, 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 I get it. Because if we won, they would say, okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, we could give it to charity. We could. You know, we could probably find a good charity. Um, And I could use a truck. Anyway. um, What What would I do with a truck? I can't see you on a truck. I I need, at this point, I need the truck. Would would I go off roadies? Well, I, I, mean, I needed like, to move stuff here at the house. Like, uh, oh, know. okay, yeah, okay. 
Hey, my father, uh, my son's father-in-law, he, he has a, you know, he, he has a big truck. It's huge. It's beautiful. I've gotten, I've, I've gotten in, like trucks and SUVs a lot more in the last five years since I got married. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a car. Hey, get me to where I'm going, kind of guy. You uh, know, and if you do, that's a good thing. Uh, let's move on to the James Harden situation. Um, and I feel bad for our Flyer fans, f- friend, Flyer, friend, fan, uh, Flyer fans, friend. There, uh, because we're not going to be able to talk about them today. They play tomorrow night against well, the Penguins. Why don't you talk about the fly? Talk about the Flyers for two minutes. I mean, you're allowed. Well, you can do well, any damn thing you want. I know, but well. Yeah, but they beat the Penguins six three. They, they, you know, the dreaded Penguins. Um, but let's get to the Harden situation. Boy, Sixers, Sixers apparently were asked for Thibault and Maxi and Simmons and draft picks, and if that's the case, Dow Morey did the right thing and backing away, uh, especially on the Maxi part. Um, but, see, the only problem I have with that, and I agree. When did Maxi become like? It almost reminds me when the Phillies were trying to get um, well, Halliday, um, Halliday and they had Don Brown trade J A Happ or Don or, Brown or, 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 or yeah. And I'm thinking like, wait a minute, Maxi may be really good. I'm not saying he's not. I, I think it's going to turn out to be a really good draft pick. But let's slow down a second. The crux of the matter is, if you're the Sixers, would you have traded Ben Simmons for Harden? Yeah. If the rest of it had been you know, now the Nets gave him four first round picks. They gave him four trade. I don't understand those traded picks. Like how that okay, helps. Okay, all right. They gave him three first round picks because you can right. only pick. You can only trade your. The NBA has a rule. Right, right. You can, you only, can only trade, trade so picks every uh, your first round pick every other year. Right. So um, the Nets are going to stink at some point in time. Well, yeah, 22, 24, and twenty six. But they also did a what they call pick swaps. Yeah. So right. if you're Houston and you pick behind. Brooklyn, which probably right. won't happen immediately. That, that's what I'm saying. In those He's, other years, in right, 21, okay. 23, 25, and 27, then you could swap with them. Well, Kyrie might be back by then. Um, <laughs> you know, um, look, hey, look, if you're the Sixers, it comes down to were you willing to part with Ben Simmons? So apparently what you're saying is they were. It was just that they were asking for too much and they couldn't match it. That's fine. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's like at a certain point, it's okay to back away. And, you know, you want to tell me Thibault, Simmons, and a first round? Okay, I'm there. Do it. But if you're Ben Simmons and you are watching this happen in front of you. You're packing your bags. The bottom line is they were willing to trade you. Yeah. For James Well, You don't think that's a problem? Um, With a fragile mind like Ben Simmons who won't shoot an eight-foot shot, even though he's now played 12 games with this coach? I, I think to be honest, it, it may be a wake up call. I, I think yeah, it's almost like we a, keep wait. We keep waiting for the Ben Simmons wake up. I, call. I know, okay. I know, but it's not coming, Kevin. He's played twelve games with this coach, so it's going to happen at the twenty fifth game. Oh, it's going to happen at the fortieth game. All right, then if you if you want to go this route, okay. And I like Ben Simmons. I, fine. I I, 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 you know, the question becomes: Can you win with a Ben Simmons, the ultimate? Can you win? Without a Ben Simmons that's going to shoot the ball. That's what this becomes. Well, it's very simple. I think the next question is if Bradley Beal's available, do you do Brad Sim, uh, Ben Simmons for Bradley Beal? I think I think uh, Ben Simmons' worth is, mu- is more than Bradley Beal. But that's me. 
You know, now if it's Bradley Beal and, and a, a first round picks or something, I, I, I you know, uh, you're not going to no. get. You're, they're, you're they're, talk, if you want to talk Ben Simmons with James Harden, I'm I'm okay. You know, Bra- Bradley Beal is pretty damn good. I didn't say he isn't pretty. You don't think Ben Simmons is pretty damn good? Is Bradley Beal going to play defense? Yeah, I think he will. Well, we'll then make the trade then. I mean, I, maybe I'm missing it. I mean, at some point, then trade Ben but, Simmons. It's very simple. I think it, we're it, get, I think we're almost getting to that point where it's it's becoming. You find the best deal you can for Simmons. I well, do. There's a guy who was t- you took number one. It was the I, whole the whole crux of the process was him and Embiid. Basically, that's what you have uh, have left. Yeah, but Mike, I, I think part, I think part of it too is that you see. You see what Embiid, um, you see Embiid's having an MVP type season, and or has a pot, potential for an MVP type season, and you know the window is limited with this guy, so you got to kind of push the push the chips in here. Well, first of all, you're not going to be as good as the Nets, so it, it does. It, I mean, if Kyrie comes back, if whatever, um, I mean, the Nets have already been established as the favorite. Now that doesn't mean they're going to get there. Just telling you, they they've jumped up to be the favorite. Because they got, you know, the three guys, you know, whether the three guys are enough, I have no idea. But, um, again, assuming Kyrie comes back. Well, Kyrie's going to come back. I mean, it's not, apparently the the rumor was he was so upset with the, with the, what happened in Washington last week. Now that doesn't give him, Kyrie is the the weirdest guy walking the face of the earth. I mean, there's no, but he's also a pretty good player when he wants to be. Durant's a really good player who apparently has come back fairly well from the injury. I don't know what to make of Harden, but I'm just saying, if you look at the Sixers and the Nets right now, most people are going to say the Nets are better. Now, that doesn't mean they are. But at some point, if, like, my problem with Ben Simmons is you've now had Doc for 12 games or whatever they've played. I don't know how many games they've played. And there are games like the other night. He shot twice Mm -hmm. in 32 minutes. Now, he had 12 assists. That's what he does. He's a facilitator. You can't take two shots in that game. You can't. Oh, can't. The game against Cleveland, where Embiid sat out, and he didn't show up. At, at least as an, he's not going to score twenty some a night. That's not Ben Simmons. But as we saw last year, when Embiid missed that time, he can be that guy who goes out and gets you thirty points. And 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 sometimes he has to realize that he has. To, you know, Tobias wasn't playing the other night. Um, that's what bothers me about Ben Simmons. And you just wonder what Doc thinks of this or what Doc's saying behind closed doors or what I, I, I don't know. Cause we're not privy to that. Um, but I still think Ben Simmons is one of the top 20 players in the league. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like Jack McCaffrey says he's just overrated, whatever, but he keeps making second team, all NBA. He keeps making all defensive first team, all NBA. Um, despite the fact that he doesn't shoot the ball. Um, I don't know. I think this might have been their best. Now, maybe, like you said, maybe Bradley Beal, maybe that makes sense. Then again, does Washington want Bradley, uh, want Ben Simmons? I mean, is that a straight-up trade? Just Beal for them, or, or do you get involved with dra- draft picks and other things? I would imagine. the Sixers better not be giving up more. I mean, Simmons better be the guy who you're getting something from Washington. I would if you make a straight up trade of Bradley Beal for Simmons, man, I don't know. I mean, I just think that makes you as an organization look kind of weird that you took this guy first in the draft. That that means two guys you took first in the draft are no longer on your team. That's weird. It is weird. 
Um, but again, this is this is what they are. We thought that Doc was going to be able to somehow change this situation a little bit, and it's very obvious that it has it has had no impact whatsoever. But doesn't As that? Said, but doesn't that ago. doesn't that speak more to the player than it does the perhaps the situation? Yeah. I don't think the player's ever going. He, he, that is who he is. It's like Embiid does certain things that he's never going to not do. That's just Joel. And you have to take, because Joel can be an MVP-type player, you accept it. And you say, okay. Um, And there's certain things with Ben that you either accept or you trade him. Yeah. You say, we're going to go in a different direction. And maybe you're exactly right. And maybe the Sixers are going to come to that realization. But I don't think anything's going to happen... To maybe the All Star, like I don't know what Bradley Beal's contract situation is and all that. I, I don't know, so I don't know. Like, you know, if you trade him, if there's got to be other things in the deal, I don't know if the Sixers are going to play this season out and then make a decision in the off season. You know, that could happen, um, because all we ever heard from Maury and and Doc were kind of like, we want to see how this, how we can make this work. Right. Let's see if we can make it work. It's almost like the Eagles and Wentz. You know, let's see if we can make this work. Um, the only thing is Simmons hasn't tanked. You know, he, he didn't have the kind of year that, went, that Wentz had. Um, I mean, it's intriguing, Kevin, because I, I just, you know, but this trade of Harden has changed. Now, look, maybe the Nets aren't as good because of those other guys they lost. You know, they gave away some some decent players. You know, not superstars, but they gave away some decent well, players. Well, Lavert is actually really good. I, Lavert's I, good. And, I really and, like Lavert. And, but isn't the other guy fairly... I think there was another guy in the deal that's not bad. But now the question Well, think is, about it. Indiana Indiana then trades, trades Oladipo for Le, for Levert. Um yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what Houston's thinking in all this because well, I think it, it I seems think to me that they're not going but then you trade it for Oladipo. So I don't yeah, I I don't like it, it seems to me that, that that Houston's going to be in the lottery. At some point in time, and and they got to hope that all those draft picks they got turn out to be. But to me, Houston is is done for a while. They're they're, you know, they had Tar- a shot. Tari and Prince work. and Jared Allen were also part of that fourteen yeah. trade. Um, but but I mean, you look at Jersey. You know, Kyrie is Kyrie. Yeah. Durant's going to be really good because he's Durant. How is Harden going to fit into all that? Um, I think it's the first time ever in NBA history that you've had. Two guys on the same team that have multiple scoring titles to their credit. I think ESPN ran that last night with Durant. And, um, you know, does the basketball – I mean, Harden can pass the ball. You know, he, he can. He, he, uh, and then the question becomes, who plays defense for that team? I mean, I don't know. You know, can Joel Embiid score 40 points every time they play Jersey? Probably. But I think what Jersey's going to just try to do is do what Houston did, is outscore you. And, you know, I mean, the last time I looked at Harden, he looked pretty out of shape. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be in shape by and, – and Harden's just one of those guys, you know, he's played with Westbrook, he played with Paul. It, it always seems like – and I'm not knocking a guy who scores 30-some a game. Trust me, I, I, I get it. But it always seems to me like it's like it's never his fault. You know, it's never his fault. But he's never even been to an NBA Finals. And coming out of the West, I understand. Coming out of the West was harder. Because you had the Warriors standing in your way, and, and you know they had the Warriors beat that one year. You know, um, I, I don't know what to make of this. And you know, if you're the Sixers, though, I don't think you can look at this whole situation and say, 
we're, we're better off now because you still have the Bucs. You still have, now Jersey's gotten better. You still have, I don't know what the Celtics are or what the Raptors are. I mean, what Miami is in this, in this COVID season. Are the Sixers the third best team in the East? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what do you do? You think they're the third best team? I would say I would put them fourth right now, but I think the the gap has narrowed. Okay, but I mean, did, would we would we say Jersey got better? Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn. Brooklyn I'm sorry, I keep calling them Jersey. I'm sorry. I, I think it all depends. On, I think it all depends on the Irvin thing because Levert. Do, do, do you think if the Sixers had made that trade, and if it would have involved I Sixers, know, well, would they be better? Yeah, the Sixers would have been better. Even losing Maxi and, and and Simmons. And Simmons? No, take that back. If it was Thibel, Simmons, and a first round pick, yeah, they're better. At some point, I think it would have been right. treading water. Right, but Houston. See, this is what I'm. I'm I was wondering with Houston. Now, Houston did end up with Oladipo. Right. Okay, who you can make the case that he's a really good player too. What you have thought if you're Houston's, Houston? Houston's going into the tank. Houston, right, you, I, I get you, all that. But you're Houston, you gotta sell something, right? You got you gotta whatever. Wouldn't you have thought that they would have least wanted a guy like Simmons who you can kind of sell to your fan base or whatever? I I mean, I don't know. See, I think Simmons I think it's the I, t- I think it's the volume of the picks. I think well, that's yeah, what oh, no, that was absolutely it. The, the Jersey offered I, I yeah, Jersey offered more than the Sixers could offer. I get it. But I think at some point in time. Simmons is going to end up on the West Coast. And also, I think Maury, um, you know, look, I think Maury knows the player better, uh, knows Harden better than anybody. Sure. And I think at a certain point, you have to trust that he dr- knew where to draw the line. I mean, this is a guy who has but, experience. But he was still, but see, here's the thing, Kevin. It's not drawing the line. We, we understand. You can't give well, up he was in everything. The, he was in but for he the was player. Willing, but he was willing to bring him in. That's the only part that matters. It's not what you were willing to give up, okay? Maury's not going to give up four draft picks, and and sit, but he was willing if, if let's say Jersey hadn't been a suitor for whatever reason. Let's say Jersey couldn't get, and the Sixers had offered Simmons a first-round pick, and and uh, let's say Maxie even, for the sake of argument. The Sixers might have been willing to do that. So they're telling you we would have done that. And the, then they're saying, but the Nets offered more, and, and we couldn't match that. That's fine. But the fact that he was, at least from all indications, willing to do it tells you what they think of Ben Simmons. And I'm not saying that they don't like Ben Simmons. I don't mean it that way. But they were willing to take a shot on a 32-year-old guy who is fat, who yeah. can score 35 a game, and it's just trash the organization that he left. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that would have been the wrong move. I, I, you know, if, if you're trying to win, like you said, and B might only have a shorter window. Um, I would have probably done it too. Like as long as I didn't have to give up too much. Whatever too much is, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. But, you know, I'm not sure Harden's going to be hardened this season. He might be. Right. But you know, if you're like 15 pounds overweight or whatever, and you're adopting to a new team, now I guess what Jersey's hoping is that by the playoffs, he'll be. He'll be that guy. And the three of them together, and Kyrie will be the guy he can be. Um, but, man, that, that I mean, 
that could turn. I'm not going to say it could turn ugly because it can't turn ugly because Kevin Durant's there, and Kevin Durant will be the 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 rock. He'll be that guy. But I don't necessarily think that has to work. Yeah. To a championship level, because the Nets are all in now. That's it. They're, they're all in because they've got. Um, I think is it Durant or somebody can walk in two years, or Harden can walk in two years, and got Harden. I mean, they got three guys making like thirty mil at least. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, although the Sixers do too, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that. But I mean, Harden's going to be making like forty-five. But the Nets, their chips are in the middle, man. I mean, they're going for at the very least to get out of the East in the next couple years. You know, and then whatever comes out of the West, you deal with that when you get to it, whether it's LeBron or, or you know, some other team. I mean, um, but LeBron's still probably got another couple years, right? Yeah, you would think. But, you know, but I mean, look, if you said to Sixer fans, we're going to make this trade and we're going to get to the NBA Finals, well, every Sixer fan would sign up for it. They're not going to... Sit there and say, okay, we might lose to LeBron, but, you know, but we'll get to the finals. I mean, because you got to take the first step before you, I mean, in the Sixers case, just getting to the Eastern finals would be a step. Um, it's good. And, and you know, somehow, some way, the Nets are going to play the Sixers in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, second round or, or whatever, you know, that, that'll be perfect. But, I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you feel bad that they didn't get hardened? No. Or, okay. I see. I feel like you do. Like but, I would have liked it, but it's not. But are we are we being short sighted now? Like, are we are now? We I do. Here? Well, no. But I, see, here's my my kind of viewpoint on it. My viewpoint would be: then you got to go get Beal. If Beal's on the market, then you got to go get Beal. But but you I'm, need to but, add a piece in here that's going to. But forget Beal for a moment. I'm mm-hmm. just talking about this yesterday. What went down yesterday? Are we being stupid? in saying we can get an historic score, okay, albeit 31, 32, whatever he is, albeit a little bit out of shape, Mm -hmm. whatever. Are we being, like, like, am I being too old school or something and saying, nah, I'm okay with it, or or should we have just said, ah, the hell with it? I mean, like, like if Kevin Durant had been on the market before the knee injury, let's say, (laughs) would we have reacted the same way? Or would we have just said, no, 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 no. Go get Kevin Durant. Give away everything. I I, I don't you know Mike. Like I, I'm trying to figure out if this. I, if, if I the look weird at stuff Mike. Hard in this year is clouded my mind. Mike, I look at it like this: If you don't get James Harden, that's fine, as long as you know that you need to get somebody, and you need to take a step up, and that could be without trading Simmons. Um, uh, I don't. See, uh, yeah, but I don't. But I don't see that happening. That. I mean, let me ask you a question: Like, do you think? Washington would trade Beal no. without Simmons involved. No. Okay. I'm just wondering if you if you put Maxi. Um, um, I'm leaving Maxi out. No, no, but but I'm looking at it from Washington's perspective. Oh, I understand, but I'm saying from a Sixer perspective. But if Washington said to you tomorrow, mm-hmm. give us Maxi, Tobias, and a first round pick. Uh, then yeah, I'd probably do that. But okay, well that's well then then you would trade Maxi. I mean, yeah, it's, but it's just a matter my of preference would my preference would be I would rather trade Simmons than Maxi. See, I I can't go there. I I'm sorry. Maxi has to show me he can be an all defensive NBA player, a second team All NBA player. See, I, I once again it's the J A Hap syndrome. 
Uh, May he be good at some point? Sure. No doubt about it. But Simmons has already showed you that he's a second-team All-NBA player, whether you agree with that or not, a first-team All-Defensive player who was actually getting consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. You know, you can't just, you can't just, like, not look at that. No, I hear you. And, and that's, I mean, you know, if Maxie was in his third year and was a starter and was averaging 15 a game, yeah, maybe. But I don't think Maxie's ever going to be Ben Simmons. No. You know, uh, if not Beal, is there, is there anybody else? Well, I, I, I haven't looked at the market. I haven't looked at the market that deep. But I, I I'm Beal- just thinking off the top of my head. I mean, I know Westbrook. No. I don't, I don't want Westbrook. No. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, how about an Oladipo? Like, if God forbid you went to the, to, to the, you uh, know, now, now he actually has, because he's been traded once. You can't be traded again, right? Yeah. In, in a uh, you can't be, yeah, it, it, it'll be after the trade deadline before he would be eligible for that. So even at the trade, trade deadline, they couldn't trade for him? Nope. I don't think so. Okay. Because I like Oladipo. Um, now, is he worth Simmons? I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, I, right. think, I think Beal's better than Oladipo. Um, but, I mean, Beal, you know, Beal did average like 29 a game last year. I mean, yeah, and didn't make the first three All-NBA. Hey, how is that possible? So either that's telling me that people know something about him that I don't know. Or or, or because he plays or he in Washington. Or got screwed. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that could be. But, I mean, the guy averaged 20. How many guys average 29 a game and don't make third-team All-NBA? That's hard to do, Kevin. It is. Um, now, if, if so, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because I do not think that Maury is going to end the season with the team he has now. I, I don't I don't think that. I, I don't think for a second. I think when, when is the trade deadline? Like a month and a half, two months away? Usually it's around President's Day weekend. Oh, so it's that close. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so a month. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, North, I look, I, I mean, it's, it's a different year because they didn't right, start right, till right. December. So right. I would say, let's say it's late February. He's going to do something. Now, whether he does something like, I, I tell you, if ESPN said Blockbuster one more time, I love Kevin Nagandi. He said it 35 times. Yeah, was okay. We heard it the first time. It's a block. We know James Harden's involved in a trade. Saying blockbuster is like piling on. I, I get it. It's 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 a blockbuster trade. Right. But you know, ESPN likes to be like that, so I get it. Um uh yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, it happened. They didn't get it it done. You know, we move Nothing, on. And I didn't think they were going to get him for exactly the reasons they didn't. No. Is that the Nets were going to be able to offer all those draft picks. Right. That the Sixers either didn't want to do or couldn't do. or And I don't blame them for not giving away. No. Nope. You know, although you could make the other argument that if the Sixers are going to be one of the best six teams in the NBA every year. You got to make that risk. Well, I get the pick it. Doesn't, the pick is a lot less relevant yeah. than when you're in the process. All right. I don't know. So that does it for us this week. We're back on Tuesday of next week. Uh, Angelo Catali will join us. Uh, I'm going to. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to tape an interview with him at some point during the week. Um, you know Angelo's big thing? Oh, so I'm not going to get to ask Angelo a question. Okay. Well, you can you can send me it. No, I don't know what Angelo. I don't know what I don't know what Angelo's schedule is at this it's point. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. The, um, 
his big thing today was that Jalen Hurts is better than Carson Wentz. And yeah. nobody was agreeing with him. Like, no. like all the people on his show, Rhea. Yeah, I, I, I heard it this that morning. Was his, and that was his his belief is why Doug was let go, because Doug recognized that Jalen Hurts was better than And you know what? Maybe he's right. Um, you know, but it was funny to hear him. You know how Angelo gets. Yeah. I mean, obviously. And it was just funny, you know. I know. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm the only one in the world that's right. Me and Doug. And it was just, <laughs> you know. It made for it made for decent radio. Um, so we'll do that. Then we'll do next Friday, which will be the weekend before the championship games. Uh, anything on tap for you this weekend? Boy, I spent the last couple of days cleaning up my finally putting my basement back together. Uh, and I got put, I'm still putting like, the Christmas trees coming down this weekend. Uh, Your Christmas tree still up? Oh, I've had it up to late January some years. It's, it's, it's an artificial tree. What's the problem it's there I, we, I just didn't have a chance to take I t- it I, t- I took it down on the third <laughs> yeah well my my daughter-in-law takes it down the 26th of december so i mean um yeah it, it doesn't bother me um everything else is down um but man cleaning stuff out especially when you get older man it's it just it takes me longer than it used to and, and then i pulled a muscle in my leg and oh god you just it's kind of like why yeah. Um. But uh, now I'm, hey, I'm going to do what I did last weekend. I'm going to watch some football, a lot of football, which I don't do a lot during the season. I watch the Eagles. Um. But then I basically don't watch a lot of other football. But last weekend I watched a lot, man. I, I and, do. I do like the three thirty Sunday start selfishly because I can absolutely go, I can go do the other stuff I need to do during the morning of Kevin, I supermarket they've doing, and they've been doing that for a while that's that's not like well a no no thing. championship weekend they usually did this is the first no, year no. Mike I'm telling you it's the first year they've moved the three and six thirty on divisional I, okay weekend. you may be right but I'm telling maybe I'm wrong because maybe I am thinking of the next weekend but why wouldn't they play it at three th- why why would they play it at one and four thirty when they can move it back and get more prime time numbers that makes no sense. Well, like if you're CBS normal, you want to have, you know, you want to have your 60 minutes, which you kind of, part of the reason you have the NFL is you want to get a you lead into prime. 60 minutes. I, right. I I get all that. But what I'm saying is, as any other network, like Fox has it this weekend, Fox is the 630 game this weekend. Oh. So Fox but I mean, that, that, won't it, have it, the it, Simpsons. It won't have all their normal. Yeah. But if Sunday I was in shows. Fox or I was NBC or AB or ESP or whomever, why would I want to put a game on at one when I can put it on at three thirty? It, it makes no sense because more people are going to watch later. And if you have the six thirty game, it's almost like a prime time game. It's not quite a. Pr- I mean, I, I think it makes absolute sense that you that you have the games later because more people are going to get, you know and get entrenched in their TV and and um and watch it. But yeah, I mean, I maybe I yeah, maybe you're, I'm sure you're right because I'm I, I just always thought that the games. On the Sunday, we're, we're later. The golden um, rule, we should remind people, the golden rule usually of this weekend is one road team wins outright. Last year was Tennessee. Uh, um, yeah, but there's been years. I, I, mean, I Yeah, I, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, and, and usually in wild card weekend, even when there was only four games instead of six. Right. There was, there was usually. But then I remember one year I said that in a wild card, and then all the four favorites won or something. They all they all did whatever they do. I mean, it, it, all you have to know about the playoffs is, for the most part, going back the last six or seven or eight years, is either the one or two seed gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And for like four years in a row, it was like one versus one. Now, 
I don't know if that's the case this year. You know, is KC and Green Bay going to get there? You know, but but usually the odds are a four doesn't get there. No. You know, so that means that usually this weekend the one seed wins. Um, Maybe they lose next weekend. But usually they get through this weekend. Um, what one seed is more vulnerable, Green Bay or, or Kansas City? Maybe not even this weekend, but just going. See, I just don't see Cleveland go. Oh, oh, you're not talking about this week's game. I'm talking to not get to the Super Bowl. I think Green Bay, I don't want to say Green Bay is a lock to get to the Super Bowl, but I'm pretty confident Green Bay is going to go. Well, yeah, but I'll say this. It, it, again, because their defense isn't always their defense. Right. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm just saying. So if they get involved in a shootout with Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you know, it wouldn't shock me. To, if you're going to say that, that Aaron Rodgers is going to lose a game to Brees or Brady, is that like a shock? I mean, all three of them are going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, No. By the way, Aaron Rodgers is going to uh, host Jeopardy for, yeah. for a couple of days. Well, well, he won Jeopardy like five years ago. He yeah. Was on his, yeah, hey, look, hey, look, Jeopardy's going to go Tubesville because of – I mean, not Tubesville, but it's not the same without Alex. They can put Jennings on there. I, I watched it the other night. And they, those guys can try all they want. It's not their fault. You don't replace Alex Trebek. No. That's, but that's, you know, hey, look, the man passed away. It, he had, he had a, a 30-some-year run, so, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I, I mean, I can't see Kansas City losing this week. But next week... Oh, I could see them losing. I can see them losing to Buffalo work Baltimore. Yeah, yes, absolutely. But I could also, like I said... Let's say, for sake of argument, that Brady wins this week at New Orleans. Let's say they go down there, they play really well, they look good. Is it beyond my, like, that I would say Tom Brady, who's won six Super Bowls and made nine Super Bowls, couldn't go up to Green Bay and win a game? See, I don't think so. I I agree, but there's one factor, and this sounds stupid to say, and you're going to say I'm overthinking again. Uh, I'm not sure I could see Tom Brady winning three straight games on the road. Why? To get to a Super Bowl. I just don't. Well, that's fine, Kevin. That That's fine. But again, why? Because, um, he's never, because he's never had to do it before? Okay, fine. Well, that, that now, They went to Kansas City two years ago when everybody thought Kansas City was this whatever, and they put up like 38 points or whatever they put but, up. But let's be honest. That was a bit of an exception of him having to go on the road. You're going to tell me that Tom – first. So if Tom Brady's playing Green Bay next week, they're going to be what, three-point underdog? Probably, you know, I'm just saying, probably, probably four. Breeze will be a Bree, Bree, I don't. I think it'll be more like three, but that's me. I mean, unless Green Bay wins forty to seven this week, you know, then that'll obviously affect what goes on. But I mean, God, these are three Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I I get it. I mean, and, and Rodgers right now probably is the best of the three. I I, I there's no doubt he's going to be the MVP of the league. I, but he's went to how many Super Bowls? One. Now he hasn't been the one seed a lot. I get that. Um. But I'm just—if you're asking me, would I be shocked if the Tampa Bay's go there and win a game? No. Would I be shocked if the, if the Saints go there and win a game? No. Would, I mean, would I be surprised because I think I, I would be. See, I, I, I no, I, I just think I don't know. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. You're, you're probably right. You, yeah, you may be right. I mean, Green Bay may be. Look, they're the number one seed for a reason, and and and. You know, if Tampa's got to go to a place that that day might be 15 degrees, yeah, but Tom Brady's played in 15 degrees before. Now, all his guys might not have played in 15 degrees, but I wouldn't put – it's like there's certain players, LeBron mm-hmm. James. Right? Would you put anything beyond LeBron James? Nope. Okay, 
Why would you say that about Tom Brady? Tom Brady, I, I'm not saying he's going to do it. He may lose this week in New Orleans. But why would well, you I would also say? I would also say the other part with that is I don't think Tampa's defense can match up against Green Bay. Well, Tampa's defense ain't bad. They're not. If, they're not if great. You look at the numbers. Their defense isn't big. Um, their defense is better than Green Bay's defense. That's for damn sure. Look up at the numbers. I'm looking it up right now. So, I mean, Green Bay's defense isn't that good. You know, I mean, they're okay, but you know, New Orleans has the best defense left, probably, certainly in the NFC. Um. Well, you know, I mean, t- 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 Baltimore's defense looked pretty damn good last week. Um, you know, and, t- and Tennessee's didn't look bad either. Uh, I mean, not, not Tennessee's. Um, but, but, I mean, look, Buffalo's going to win because they're going to outscore you more than likely. But, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying, if, if you said to me right now, Mike, who's going to the Super Bowl? I would have to say Green Bay because that's, you know, they're number one, they're home, it's whatever. But if you're going to say to me that I, I really don't think Brady can go there and win, I'm like, huh? Please don't, you know, if, if Tom Brady, if this was the wild card weekend and Tom Brady had a nine and seven Tampa Bay team going to 13 and two Green Bay, yeah, I, but no, Tampa Bay's played as well as anybody over the last five weeks of the season. I mean, they were basically in playoff mode. You know, they were like the Ravens. You know, they almost had to win a lot of their games or almost every game to get it to, you know, just get in. Um, We'll see. Hey, I mean, look, if you're TV, and I don't know who would have that game next week, can you ask for anything more than Brady versus Rodgers? I mean, as good as Breeze is. Right. I'm not knocking you, but Brady versus Rodgers? By the way, that would be the the 3.30 game next week. Who would have that? That would be Fox. So that's Aikman and... um, Aikman and Buck Buck will have that one, and then Romo and and Nance will get the AFC at 6.30. They'll get the KC um, against somebody good. Baltimore... Baltimore, uh, hey, look, Buffalo. It, look, it has the possibility, but this we've seen this the last six years. The last six years, it's always been this game. Yeah. It's the one versus the two, or it's the one versus the three. Um, yeah, it, I mean, if Baltimore game, wins, it'll be one versus. Uh, actually, if Baltimore uh, Tampa wins, it's one versus five. So right, okay, right. But I mean, the, I remember the game a couple years ago when Brady beat Mahomes. Right. What a game that was. Yeah. I mean, that was like unfreaking believable. Yeah. Championship game weekend, I think, is better normally than the Super Bowl, but that's me. So, well, uh, unless the number one seed, like all those years when the Eagles was the number one seed, it really wasn't a good game. Nope. All right. You know? Michael, have a good weekend. Yeah, I'm going to try. As usual, that's all I can do. Yep. Our thanks to Jeff McLean for joining us. Jeff, uh, read his story tomorrow. Read his story. I'm sure it's over the weekend. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. This is Work on the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. You had the Dom Perignon in your hand.